Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. It is Sunday evening here in the DMV, and we are, man, the, the countdown to the NFL owners voting on Josh Harris purchasing the Washington Commanders from Dan Snyder. I mean, we are we are here. It is just a few days away. I'll be heading to Minnesota this week for the owners meeting. The meeting is on Thursday the 20th. And, you know, barring the unforeseen, the expectations are that the team will be sold. Uh, the, the owners, I should say, will approve the sale. Uh, you never say, you know, knock on wood, do all the things you need to do, because obviously with Dan Snyder, you never quite know. And yes, there were some, there was some reporting uh, from the Washington Post the other day about um, some potential snags. I'm not saying that's, you know, even a, they in the story themselves couched it a bit. Um, and I would probably say that's kind of how I would look at it as well. I don't get the sense that it's in any real jeopardy, but until it's done, it is not done. So uh, we're, we'll get to that later in the week. But for here uh, on this podcast, which, of course, you can find on iTunes or anywhere you do your podcasting. Also, you can listen to it on The Athletic for subscribers of The Athletic. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter at Ben Standing, I tweet the links out all the time. Um, on this episode, I recorded this um, before we all kind of ran away for a little bit for uh, some R&R uh, with Friends on the Beat, Matt Parrish with the Washington Times and Nikki Jabala with the Washington Post. Uh, we got together just to sort of go over some topics. I tried to make them as evergreen as possible, knowing that, you know, we would be talking that this would probably not have gone up for a little bit of time. Uh, things we discussed include once the sale is done and Ron Rivera is, in theory, then for soon thereafter allowed to uh, reopen business when it comes to contracts. How quickly are we extending Cam Curl? If we were in charge, how quickly are we doing? Do we feel like it's, hey, get this done immediately? It's not something that's even that pressing. Where are we at on that? We get to, uh, we, we got to that. We discussed at what point are we going to be able to definitively say Sam Howell is QB1, whether Rivera ever tells us anything or not. We get into that. Uh, we talk about... Uh, the analytics uh, hire that happened right before we started to talk. Uh, what does that say about where Washington is at with uh, w- with that department, and what does that have to do, if anything, with the Josh Harris uh, with Josh Harris coming in? Also, uh, you know, I thought maybe this would be old by the time we started, but they still haven't signed some of their draft picks, including Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin. I don't necessarily think it's the world's biggest deal in terms of the season or anything, but it is curious. We discuss what we think might be going on there as well and a bunch of other topics about the commander. So we'll get to that right now here on the standing room only podcast, or I should say we'll get to it in a moment uh, here. Uh, and, and we go for a while, so I don't have to do a big wind up here in the intro. I just want to say, I hope everyone is having a great summer, whatever you are doing, uh, we are, you know, just about 10 days from the start of training camp. I legitimately cannot believe that that is about to happen. Um, I've got a, another podcast that I'm going to play for you this week uh, that I'm excited for you guys to hear uh, with uh, Randy Mueller, former NFL GM who works here uh, with The Athletic. And we discussed some aspects of what Josh Harris's group might be looking at when they come on board. And since I will be in Minnesota, I will certainly try, timing permitting, to do a podcast from there once we have heard officially what is happening. But uh, well, that'll be a little TBD. It's a, we'll have to see how, how the timing goes there. But we'll certainly talk about that, obviously. Oh, by the way, of course, uh, if you want to follow them on Twitter, Nikki is at Nikki, N-I-C-K-I, Jabala, J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A. Matt is at Matthew underscore Paris, P-A-R-A. S. All right, so let's get to it. Here's my conversation with uh, Matt Paris and Nikki Jabala talking all things Commanders here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right, well, uh, ESPN may be re- reducing their uh, NBA booth from three to two, but we are going the other way here on this episode of the podcast, a three-person uh, conversation here with two people who are on here fairly frequently. 
and also in my text threads very frequently, uh, Matt Paris, the Washington Times, Nikki Jabala with the Washington Post. Um, Sorry. Did, what, what, hair. It's bothering me. Sorry. No. The whole like zooming, want seeing our faces, it just, God. Well, look, we can turn that we can, I can, rec- I'm recording this. I can put it out there on YouTube if you want people to see what you're at, what, you're, what no. you're talking about. That's a no for me, dog. I think we're good. I think my voice is enough. <clears throat> um. All right. Matt is there. Yeah. So Nikki's got her like pink ladies uh, outfit on with, with her hair going on. And Matt's got his Denver uh, Nuggets championship. Uh, oh, that's shirt. a sweet shirt, Matt. Wait, where did you get? You get that in Denver? I did get it in Denver. Yeah. That's sweet. What's it like, Matt? I haven't been around a championship team in a long time. What was that like? <laughs> I wasn't around. I was in the stands, but uh, best uh, sporting moment of my life. So. Very fun. I, I assume number two was Taylor diving for the pylon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So we are talking here. This is sort of late June. So if any, I'm not even sure when this is going to go up. But if anything happens in between this and that, th- this and when it's released, understand that uh, we're trying to look ahead and things could happen. Although we're not expecting tons to happen because at this point, we're waiting on the sale of the team. We believe the vote will take place July 20th. Uh, among the owners and at that point josh harris would uh presumably take over uh i will actually throw this out Do well we know- he won't take over until they close technically but continue well, sorry that's- no no well that was gonna be my question like what what uh, from the 20th do we know like i think i've seen like five or six days maybe that it would be like what how long do we know how long it actually it's not it's i would not imagine they try to given the timing with it right being right up against camp and i don't i don't know this but i would imagine they try to expedite a pretty quick close like next day or the following monday because it's the 20th is a thursday so and then camp opens for washington the following wednesday so that'd be quite the friday news dump oh by the way there's a new owner in charge bye not yet not really just kidding yeah no uh, that would be that'd be not well you can't have harris palooza without harris there so I assume that's what you know, that's what we're going to call training camp, right? This year, Harris Palooza. I don't. I mean, between that and Commanders, that's too much in a headline. We can't do that. Commanders. Yeah, Did you see uh, Cornelius Lucas is on? Uh, this isn't going to hold up for dating wise, but Cornelius Lucas is on Good Morning Football, and he referred to them as the Manders. So, oh yeah, I saw. Why was he on? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but it's a very entertaining clip. He said he likes soda water, and I uh, texted Sam that he has a buddy. Now there you go. All right. Well, you request him more often. He's great. I mean, he should be a weekly. <laughs> no, 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 no question there. All right. So I came up with a bunch of random questions, and maybe one of them should be: What random player would you like to speak weekly? Uh, at, at, be made available weekly for press conferences. I think Nikki just made her case. It's it's a strong one. Uh, but I have some other ones. I got some questions and I made these two think of something to ask as well. We'll see if they uh, hold up their end. Um, let me start with this because it just happened. They 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 just announced the high. Well, actually, they didn't announce it, but it's been reported and the individual has already updated their LinkedIn page as well. But they, they, uh, they added a new analytics person, which means effectively they've doubled the size of that department. <laughs> I, none of us know anything about this individual. So it's not a matter of, oh, was this I a do. good I oh. mean, I I tried reading his studies, his research papers on play calling. It sounded like a foreign language to me because I'm. He sounds it's it's a lot of hard words, um, but yeah, it's, no, he has his PhD from UT Austin. That's what I know. Right. And statistics. There you go, Preston Biro. Yeah, sounds, sounds about right. All right. Well, great. I, w- whether whether that was he was the best free agent uh and uh analytics person or not i guess we'll we'll see but here's my here's my actual question who made this decision is this ron rivera essentially saying all right well you needed somebody else in this group or is this an indication of josh harris actually being quote in, air quotes involved he can't technically still talk to anybody over there so i'm not saying that anybody's talked or broken the rules but why do we think this just happened Again, they just doubled the analytics staff with this one hire. So, Matt, why do you think this happened now? I don't know. It's a good question. It, you know, in terms of maybe 
when this season ends, they all report to Ron saying, we need this, we need that. Uh, I don't know how kind of the, the structure works, but maybe this is something that they've wanted to add for a while. You know, it's always an interesting question of how much does Rivera actually rely on analytics? He says he likes to a lot, but it, he uses it to, to justify things like the Carson Wentz signing. Like you think about the, the rant in Chicago and the guy who looked at analytics it's just it's a broad kind of umbrella term and i think that applies to kind of all of sports it feels like this term has just kind of gotten you know overused to point but i do think it's interesting in terms of like you know if there are if he has written players on play calling tendencies like is eric the enemy looking at this is he sharing any of his research with eric the enemy like, you know i'm just interested to how it'll work on a practical level as well he he also rivera like when he makes a play decision going for two. Was it the Detroit game last year? That he went. Uh, yeah, it was the Detroit game last year, and then all he also did it in when they failed to do it against New York. Yeah, yeah. So those times you're like, wait, how come he did that? He's like, well, the analytics said that, and you guys should be happy about that. Um, so I don't always think he embraces it, but but you know, I think if you want to go the other way, like you know, Nikki, I know you're not the most cynical person out there, but uh, the idea that like. He's looking at this like, hey, Josh Harris is known to want more analytics. I mean, he this GM Daryl Morey at the Sixers is literally the face of analytics, essentially in this country. Is this is is the cynical idea? All right, we got to get more people in here, and not that one person is going to make Josh Harris think it's all good. But hey, we just hired this guy. Is there is there an, an, any cynicism in you in you with, with this move? I don't. I mean. Technically, they're not allowed to talk to Josh Harris's camp until the deal closes, but I don't think that's a move you would preempt. If he wants his guys in there, he would bring them in there. And he's got, you know, analytics executives or or senior people within Harris Blitzer that he would probably defer to, I'm guessing, um, and and finding the right person, the right group, and kind of building it out the way he wants. I mean, I think it's pretty well documented at this point that this is something he emphasizes with the Sixers and the Devils. And it's not, the analytics part is not just game day. Um, It's also the weekly stuff. It's parsing all the data, the usage, and it's monitoring players during the week, which could be an important part of this as, you know, in terms of sports science and their training and, um, you know, adding more to that group in part to, um, kind of monitoring their usage and try to as much as, as best as you can in the NFL um, prevent some of these injuries. Like they had a lot of soft tissue injuries. So ha- adding somebody else to that department to kind of parse the data and, and deal with all that could have played a big factor. Very, very true. I, I think on the football side, that that will be one of the things that'll be interesting to hear Josh Harris whenever he speaks and to what degree he's open with us about what how what level analytics will play with how he's gonna want to see this team moving the nba it's obviously a much bigger deal not that the nfl isn't an analytics has a lot of analytics involved i anybody who's on twitter sees all the people who talk about this all the time football outsiders and all these things but at the same point like it's not the same as the as the nba so i am curious to see even in terms of does he make future hires uh, with coach or GM, how much is the analytics data driven person something he actually is looking is looking into? I would think he'd be looking into it quite a bit, both on the football and business side. Um, they, I, I know they stress that quite a bit at Harris Blitzer. And on the business he, on the business side, is that just getting quicken? <laughs> it's using data to figure out how to sell more tickets. Basically, I think I don't. No, I do words, not numbers. Is it doing that already? I mean, (laughs) possibly. (laughs) Um, possibly. Anyway, so yeah, interesting. Again, I don't know anything about the the individual. We we apparently learned what he studied. Uh, but uh, you know, just the idea that it happened now. Certainly interesting. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that to see what, what more it means. Uh, if if anything now and also sort of interesting maybe i'm gonna go on a limb don't quote don't don't quote me here i'm gonna go out on a limb and say this analyst cost them less money than say deron Payne. that's the guess yeah. seems it seems it seems like a fair 
Yes. Yeah. All right. But but when we last saw Rivera, he said that every the business was on hold until the new ownership happened and they did hire this person, which again, I understand is not the same thing, but like we're still waiting on them to um announce the the the, the promotions and the coaching staff, not to mention the football things like are you gonna resign, extend Cam Curl before the season starts, things like that. So I guess this doesn't fall under the notion of we have to wait for the ownership group again. I don't think this person likely cost, you know, much, uh, much money. That said, whenever this, whenever th- th- this blessed event happens and t- meaning the sale and Josh Harris takes over, uh, Nikki, I'll start with you. Actually, I'll start with Matt. Stay yeah. in that order. Well, you know, you talked a lot last segment. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, all right, Matt, uh, Cam Curl, how quickly are you looking to extend him once Josh Harris says, okay, Ron, we're open for business. What are we doing? He would be my number one priority. I mean, I know there's Montez Sweat I, that you would want to maybe retain as well, but he's just so important for their defense. We saw it last season. You know, safety is in a position that teams historically try and put big money into. Uh, you could argue that giving big money to Landon Collins, which his team did, was a mistake. But I just think for what he does and I think he's the type of player that even if this coaching staff changes he'll still be useful to the next regime I I mean this group has drafted safeties pretty well so maybe that's an argument against it but I you know I I think it's kind of a no-brainer of giving Cam Curl a big contract and as to what that number would look like I mean you know it's hard to imagine you know 14 or not hard to imagine rather 14 15 million dollars annually and Warren that run at the upper tier. I think he's one of the best safeties in the league, personally, and I would as such. Now, part of the reason why I switched to have Matt talk first, not because uh, for any other than I think I had a feeling Matt was going to go that route, which is the absolute reasonable route, conventional route. Cam Curl has been discussed getting re-signed a lot, but my my sense is that Nikki may have a slightly different take, so I, that's why I'm putting her second. All right, well, it, no, maybe I, mean, I-, I could. Are you, are you gonna let me talk or yes well, yeah. that's all we have for Nikki yeah, so anyway, then, uh... <laughs> no I mean I I can I I'm if, if it's a guy you're gonna definitely sign and he absolutely should be then I'm all for doing it early and getting you know from a team perspective doing it early and before the market jumps which it inevitably will every single year um and I think with him, you could maybe argue that you could get the value a little lower than possibly what he's projected to be worth in the future because his, you know, his his numbers don't blow you away just because he's been playing like three positions or more, probably more actually. Um, so he hasn't had his hand on the ball as as a lot of the other top paid safeties. Um, but yes, I, I he is. He, in my mind, is the staple of the defense. Um, yes, you could argue it's it's the line up front, it's the interior guys, but, I mean, it was very clear late last season when he had, I think it was like two games he was out because of that ankle injury and that it wasn't even close to the same. Um, they need him. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for extending him. Will he be an immediate let's resign now or will they do it closer to free agency? I don't know. I think he's a priority in the sense that he's absolutely a guy they want to keep and plan to keep. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. If you, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, as you say, I think if you've looked at how this front office has tried to get generally one player signed every summer, I mean, I know they've already taken care of Payne, but there's normally somewhere someone in that July kind of range. If that is truly on hold. I think he would be the most realistic guy to, to kind of take care of, but that's all. I, mm-hmm. I think he has been affected by you know, the, the sales stuff. Well, yeah, and then there's no argument there. You mentioned, Nikki, how the team defense was not as good when he was out late in the year. Go back to the beginning of the year, too, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he was, he was, he missed some time then, and they were really, um, yeah, they were really struggling. And he's, you know, look, what a find. You know, he might he might be the best pick so far in the entire Rivera uh, era factoring in the seventh round and all that. And a seventh round pick is not making much money from the NFL term. So he would like to reward a guy like this. All that stuff. Yeah. That said, 
the that's where the pandemic really helped Washington. I mean, I hate saying that because it's such an you know, it's it's a pandemic, but that there's no way he would have been available that late at all had he had a traditional pre-draft process. Yeah, seems seems fair to say. Um, that said. You look at their roster, like let's just say Cam Curl was not available or or whatever. I, I'm not saying that any of these guys are Ken Houston for old, older old, older fans, but like you have Derek Forrest who came out had one of the bigger breakout seasons for Washington last year. I don't know what Percy Butler will be. He did have a bunch of interceptions in the OTAs and mini camps. They spent a, a good pick on him. He some people think he could be a really good free safety. We'll see. And they just spent a second round pick on Quan Martin who. I guess we're really calling more of a slot nickel than we are a safety, but he is a safety sort of by trade. In other words, and there's also Jeremy Reeves, whatever you think of him. In other words, like that, even if Cam Curl were out for the season, knock on wood, they actually have some other options. And I, last year they drafted a defensive tackle in the second round because we all thought that Deron Payne was going to go if he doesn't get 11 and a half sacks. Is there any chance that they're like, ah, we just drafted Quan Martin in part because We'll see where Cam Curl negotiations go. We're not going to spend, you know, only one safety and free agency this year. Uh, Jesse Bates got double, got got eight figure salaries um, at that spot. I, you know, maybe is there a world where we think they are like, eh, we love Cam Curl, but we're not going to pay through the nose at a spot. We've got some depth, and like maybe Matt said, it's not a spot where people are getting paid a ton. I don't see how they could argue that Juan Martin would be a viable replacement but then again they thought you know some of the guys on the offensive line who are no longer there Andrew Norwell um would be viable replacements for their previous guys there so you never know um but let, I let me ask you this before you I interrupted you again because apparently that's just what I'm doing she just mm-hmm. did you see the did you see the neck turn there she was like wow dude you do that one more time <laughs> What what does Ron keep saying? He said this about Jerron Payne. He said this about Chase Young. The idea of these guys going to the last year with some motivation right. would that would the not same logic apply then? I mean, why why would I mean if, if you think yes, Payne all that? Yeah, but you're Ron Payne. They're motivating him to finish and put up bigger numbers. I think Cam Curl has proved himself as a consistent and necessary piece of that defense. Um, could he have more on ball numbers? Sure, but he's also been playing linebacker mostly. He's a safety who's also their best linebacker and you know their best guy in the slot and their their nickel packages. So it's not the same as, you know, we want to motivate him to get the, you know, to help him improve and reach that next level. Yes, there's always a next level for every guy, but I don't think it's the same context as Chase Young and Duran. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. For for the most part, I'm playing devil's advocate. I would just say that, like, I understand like the wanting to pay him. I, I guess I'm just saying I'm not feeling like Terry last year. I think they didn't have any chance. Yeah. Well, that, and that's that's the, sorry, I'm interrupting you now, but that's the other thing I keep coming back to is like what it sort of sets a precedent. You know, it, it's it's at their discretion, so they can do whatever they want if they want to set a precedent or not. But I mean. Terry is arguably, I believe he is the the face of the franchise. He is the model player, great on the field, great in the locker room, great to media, works his butt off. You have to pay that guy. Is Cam Curl at the Terry level yet? I don't think so. But he's a damn good player and a staple of the defense. Yeah. I looked this up after the season, and I'll just pull the numbers here. The defense without Cam Curl in the five games last season, they allowed 25 points per game, 332 yards. And with Cam Curl, it was 18.1 and 293 yards. So it is a, a pretty significant difference. And I know that that is some sample size stuff there, but I think it's really important. I, I think the benefits of getting it done early, as Nikki mentioned, you could get him cheaper. I mean, I, I pulled up, you know, Derwin James makes 19 million per year. Mika Fitzpatrick makes 18. The guys below them, though, are kind of in the 16 to 15 range. Um, Jamal Adams makes 17.5, but you know, 
Burrow and Jamal Adams are pretty different types of safeties, and I think Seattle probably regrets that contract. So if you could get him on a 16, 15, $17 million range, I, I think that's pretty good value for someone like that, but it is a lot of money to commit to a safety, and that is a position, Ben, as you mentioned, that hasn't really gotten paid uh, quite a lot. All right, let, let's switch to this, though. Now, he isn't the only one, of course, that is an expiring contract. You go at the top end with Montez Sweat and Chase Young, but you've got Kendall Fuller. You've got Antonio Gibson. You also, as, as we've noted before, your entire, all your defensive ends, and James Smith-Williams, Casey Suhill, Curtis Samuel, and I'm not even counting sort of the more rank-and-file players, no disrespect. Uh, Nick, I'll start with you. The other person, if you're going to sign somebody before the season, doesn't have to be a big contract. Doesn't have to be a star. It could be literally anybody. Is there anybody that you would say I'd like to give? This, I'd like to extend this person, whether it's for another, for another year, a multi-year deal. Anybody else for you that would be, you know, maybe priority is too strong of a word, but that you would look to uh, to to extend. Mm. No, I mean I know they've had discussions with Montez Sweat. They really like him. They would like to keep him, but. I think they also have to see how the season plays out between him and Chase Young. I mean, if Montez is consistent again, balls out, it's a, it's kind of a, to me, a no brainer, but Chase Young is a number two overall pick. He, he you got to give him a chance to really see if he can get back to the level he was in 2020. And if he does and he balls out, then you're going to have a tough, but probably welcome decision in deciding between the two. But I think they got to see how that plays out between them before they decide to re-up with either of them. Um, is there anybody else? I mean, I. Mm. Well, I'll throw, I'll throw this one out just to say something. This is like lower priority. Sure. Yeah. But like, okay. If, if we're not sure what's going to happen with Montez and Chase and personally, I would not sign Montez now. Not that I don't think he's worthy, but if I'm saying it's good to let Chase, let's see what he does. Well, let's see what they both do. Cause what if Chase is the one right. that has the bigger year? Right. Exactly. But right. that said, since all their defensive ends are up for grabs after the year, other than the two guys they drafted in the fifth and seventh round, I think I might look at like James Smith Williams and say, okay, look, we're not going to go crazy here. We're still viewing you mostly as a rotation guy, but let's just get you under contract at least through the next year. So yeah, but he's like, a, he's like a guy that, you know, when free agency hits, you sign him to like a, a one or two year deal. I don't think he's anybody that you need to do early. Right. Not in a traditional sense. I just mean like, I'd like to know looking ahead, Hey, we're doing some planning here. I got this guy at least under contract. So when we get to chase and Montez, I'm not feeling, I'm feeling pressure, but I'm like, okay, at least I have that. That'd be my one like minor thought. Right. No, I think that's fair. Um, I do wonder how they'll feel about Curtis Samuel. I think a lot could could depend on his production this year and kind of his fit and be enemy's offense. But if he's a big time piece of it, you know, maybe you look to extend him. I certainly not on a similar deal like he's on now. I mean, I I find his current deal to be a little outrageous i'm a little surprised they didn't try to restructure it but nonetheless um he's, he's, that doesn't do that shocking. yeah they just don't um, do that at all they, I, every time i see field yates tweet out the stuff he's getting off of the nfl uh pa's list about this restructure i'm like will they ever want for washington well i mean this is one time where they can use the well we gotta see how the ownership situation plays out before we push money down the line sure. but I mean, he he is one that I'm kind of curious how they view even midway through the season. Um, you know, I think it's it's up at that position because you can always go younger. You can always just draft guys. But if he's somebody you feel is a really key piece of the offense, um, could be intriguing. I'm trying to think if there's really anybody. Well, Matt, I'm what's your uh, this, but... Matt? Do you have a person? No, not necessarily. I mean. If I was thinking of someone like like a special teams guy that would just be good to have on there, like theoretically, if Khalid Hudson's in the last year of his deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Khalid Hudson, if they're as high on Khalid Hudson as they're saying, and you know, 
he's very cheap now, then maybe you try and extend him a year or two. I, I don't know. Well, like Jeremy Reeves would low. sort of yeah. fall under that, right? I mean, he literally just went to the Pro Bowl. He, he's the definition of a locker room positive, yeah. and he's playing right now on the tend on his tender, right? But so if like, they if, if they didn't like him enough then to give him a deal and all they gave him was like the right of first refusal for an unrestricted free agent like that's to me that was very telling a little perplexing i i thought we would at least reward him with you know like a solid one-year deal right how much money is he he's not getting he's not breaking your bank i don't think you have to tell josh harris about this one you just yeah yeah i think it's what is his base salary like two uh, two point six but you know if they after the season he had with you know Pro Bowl, all that. Like, if you're not going to give them more then, then are you going to do it after this yeah. year? It's two point six for Reeves. Um, last last one for me, at least. You guys can keep going on this on this topic, but I, I want to sort of circle back to the to the earlier part about Cam Curl and all that. So, the, according to over the cap, the Commanders are at eighty three point one five million in cap space for next year. That is the fifth most amount. Huge number. If I'm Josh Harris and I'm looking at this team, that is more attractive to me than literally almost anything else on this team, more than Terry McLaurin, more than Allen, more than Payne, because as the new guy, I get to help put an imprint on this thing right away. We've got all this money to play with. Even if we bring back all our players, whatever it is, I'm going to help steer this ship. But if you sign more people, including Cam Curl, not that Curl's going to get some insane contract, but the more people you sign or extend or whatever, then some of this deal money goes away. I, I would think for if I'm Josh Harris, I want to keep that as clean as possible to the point where maybe I don't bother with anybody. Uh, I, 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 think that, I mean, I think that figure's pretty misleading, though. Yeah, it looks like a lot now, but you got to consider, again, no defensive ends. Yeah. Depending on what Sam Howell does, they might not have a quarterback. So there's two premium positions. Charles Leno, I mean, given his age, and I think they can save, what, $12 million against the cap by cutting him. You know, left tackle, another premium position. Um, tight end, Logan Thomas is going to be up, though. He's got young guys behind him, so that shouldn't be an issue. But, I mean, they're going to be possibly trying to fill some of the most, you know, costly positions across the board. And isn't that perfect? If you're the owner who greenlit the process and maybe thinks we got it, if they, if this year goes, you know, what the Vegas over under six and a half wins, if Sam Howell doesn't become that guy, they don't have a quarterback of the future. I don't think Josh Harris is going to do what just happened here. Like wait year after year after year to figure out the quarterback. Maybe you say, look, we have 83 million in cap space. We're not really going to use it. We're going to use some of it. We're going to draft. We're going to add some young people, but we're going to kind of, we're willing to sink. Because we yeah. want to get that, I put ourselves in position to get that quarterback. Matt, I mean, that... it's, I think having more cap space is great in general to fill those other positions, but it doesn't necessarily help you out at quarterback. It's not like the great quarterbacks typically come available in free agency. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying if you don't spend to replace, if you don't, if you're not replacing Kendall Fuller and the defensive end with stars who would cost a lot of money, then you're putting yourself in a position to not be as good the previous the next year and get the, the better pick. I'm just saying, instead of thinking about it, like they have to replace these people, which you're right, 100%. Maybe the, the, he thinks of it this other way. Matt, you're the you're Mr. NBA. You what call do you that a process? The process. That is what that is exactly yeah. right. Interesting. I mean, you know, like because you have cap space doesn't mean you always have to use it. The Bears entered free agency, I think, with the most cap space, and they still have the most cap space, and they spend a shit ton. So um family friendly podcasting here matt yeah, yeah you know i'm <laughs> on uh times abc affiliate you know espn so i can let it fly here right right if, if we get the call up and say hey can we put your can we put your uh podcast on 106.7 on sunday i'm hopefully i don't forget um, <laughs> yeah. matt dropping things um no you're totally right like i said that's why i think i'm excited for this josh harris thing because i don't know what he's going to do i don't think any of us obviously really do we can guess and assume and i'm not i don't think in the nfl you can tank the way they do in uh spot with sashi brown and browns and he got fired and i put them in pretty good position but that was not a uh popular what, strategy it, it, and was also a disaster for it. I mean, they hired Hugh Jacks. They kept Hugh Jackson after a one in fifteen season. That's right. That's but, as taking as it goes. And also, like even if they let every single one of their free agents leave and replace them with in, less talented players, 
you still have the two defensive tackles. You still have Terry. You still have Jahan, Emmanuel, Forbes. So, like, it's not like you're going to be, like, a, a barren roster. I just mean it would be one way to uh, to do it. All right, let's go to a okay. different – oh, go ahead. Sorry. Continue. No, no, no. no. I was going to say that the one – it's probably too much. No, it's not workable. Oh, now you have to do it. Now you have to tell us what you're oh, thinking. Now you're doing the math, yeah. No, I would say the one I keep monitoring is Jonathan Allen because he, he signed sort of a weird deal. And I don't think it's feasible for next year. But, like, next year he's, he's – it's his first season. He doesn't have any guaranteed salary. But it would still – I mean, he's got a 21.5 cap hit. And they could ultimately save $9.5 million if they let him go. It's John Allen. I feel I, – I, Yeah, he's the best know, I mean – Yes, but it's a production consistent standpoint, as good as Terry is. Right. I think Jonathan Allen. But I do wonder what they do there if they try to, because he'll be 29. No, if if, if you're going to try to to rework it and tack on another year to get him to 31, which is usually pushing it as a, especially in the interior. But that would, you know. But also, like, if you're trying to strip it down, that would make some sense. You're saving some money. He is getting to be on the older side of things, all these kind of things. So, um, you know, the, the, that's the type of thing that could be in play. If, I mean, again, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if Josh Harris went more towards that rebuild route, that that could um, take place. Uh, all right, let me ask you this. We are talking, it is June 30th. So, I don't, so this, this could change by the time this gets put out there, but I'm going to throw this out there anyway. At the moment, they've the Washington Commanders have signed three of their draft picks. I'm not worrying about it. There's no holdouts. They just this is the way that it's it's just what the what they've done so far. They're not the only team that hasn't signed all their draft picks, including first rounders. Just to be clear, but most have. Jahan Dotson signed his free agent con- his rookie contract last year, May 18th. Jamin Davis signed his on May 14th. Back in Carolina, when the same group was running the show, Christian McCaffrey signed his on May 4th. I bring all this up because not only has Emmanuel Forbes not yet signed, along with Quan Martin, but as you two may have recalled, I had a story on The Athletic about how all the signing bonuses for all the main guys like Deron Payne and others got pushed back to May 12th rather than getting paid out in the normal circumstances. Uh, well, 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 coincidence or not, of course, the notion of when the sale of this team came in place was May 12th. I'm just saying that mostly for, to get the Nikki eye roll. All right. Not closed though. It was agreed to, but it's not closed. He doesn't own the team on May 12th. My, my uh, d- d- didn't say, I'm just saying that it's quite a coincidence, quite a, quite a coincidence. Anyway, here's okay. my question. We already have evidence that they pushed back signing bonuses independent of why you can give me any reason why they did push them back further than normal. And here we are the start of July and the first round pick, Still isn't signed, even though the last two first round picks signed by May. And in Carolina, at least I didn't look up all their first round picks, but McCaffrey signed in May. We think it's possible that they are this is also part of the business that Rivera is saying. Like we're gonna have to wait on these guys to their top picks to deal with that until ownership gets dealt with. Mm, I don't think so. I mean, like because rookie contracts are pretty standard they're just negotiating right so why is it so why are we six weeks later from what was the norm i don't know i don't really wanted a vacation i don't know yeah (laughs) i don't really worry about that if it were a rookie quarterback i'm I'm not saying this is not about whether forbes will be under contract by camp i'm just saying this is another data point that says they are delaying something here beyond the norm you can tell me a hundred reasons and they all can be logical and not not nefarious on any level i'm just saying it's I find it interesting that now multiple multiple uh, scenarios where things would be paid. There's out nothing of- they can negotiate really that's gonna right. make so- a difference between now and then. So it's it, whether they sign it now or not, it's going on the books for the next season. Like it doesn't, it that doesn't really make a difference though. Well, there are bonuses though. Like it's not. I mean, yeah, it, but it's it. They're so standardized these contracts that they're not really right. So why not? Why isn't it done? That's what I'm saying. That's a question for his agent. Doesn't the same agent rep all the, like, I think he, who's his agent? Andre Odom. He's got like most of the DBs in this class. Did you just have a spreadsheet on that? Like just readily available? You pulled that very fast. Like what? what? Can you share your screen right now? 
Oh, I, I am looking at this spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who does Juan Martin has what? Uh, Jason Bernstein. Who's the other one? Who are the other picks I have in time? Is it just those two? No. Um, well, uh, I, I believe the only picks that have signed are KJ Henry, Chris Rodriguez, and uh, Andre Jones. Jones? Mm. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, could, I haven't heard anything. I could be totally wrong, but that one doesn't. All, all, all I'm saying is that it's just, I'm not saying it means anything. Cause like I said, they're all going to sign. I'm just saying it is. They, it, they pushed back the signing bonus on Terry's deal too. Nah, Last not, year. No, they did push back a bulk of it. Like that's well, no, I'm not saying totally unusual. Like you can't tie it to the sale because the sale didn't close on May 12th. Like they, he didn't own the team on May twelfth, and there's no way they could have known it would have been done on May twelfth. By the way, more data points, right? The the fact that they're delaying the um, the coaching situations, the you know that, the team, the, that I do believe is tied to the ownership because you would want approval on that. They already got an expensive staff as is, right? But they're and already you're adding years to their contracts. Sure, but they're already also just telling us Travell Wharton will be this thing, even though we don't even know he doesn't even know what his own contract is. So I, all I'm saying is that th there's a somebody's got to be ultimately paying for this. And the thing with the bonuses is it would fall under hypothetically the if if you're paying it out now, then Dan Snyder is in theory paying. I don't know. By the way, do do you May know? Well, Dan Snyder owned the team. He would right. be paying. Is it, can can sales be made retroactively? In other words, can it can there can the conversation be anything? Josh Harris. I mean, ultimately, Josh. Do you Harris want Josh Harris to retroactively own the team since 1999? No. Well, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> no, I just mean like the money itself. Like you know, he's he's got to take care of all the business. I don't know. All I'm saying is that it's very odd. All these things keep getting pushed back, including this one. But I agree. Ultimately, no, none of this really matters in terms of the the playing. But I find it interesting, even if I'm a part of it. I do believe the coaches one does have ties. You would want approval on that if you're tacking on years, but because a new owner obviously may want to blow everything up the next year. So you got to get approval for that. But yeah. that well, baseball bonus, Dan Snyder on the team. By the way, I think if you want to know the future of Ron Rivera after this year, an incredibly telling moment, and we may not get this information, will be do any of these assistants, whatever we're waiting for here, do they get contracts beyond the next season? Because if they don't, that's, that's pretty telling. If they do, well, then you're, you know, it would be odd to pay two staffs. You know, if you blow them out, why would you, you know, you don't want to do that. So I think that's going to be a pretty telling thing if uh, we are able to unearth that at some point. All right. I asked you two to come up with uh, some sort of question, topic, hot take, whatever it is. Uh, Matt, if you do you have one that you'd like to, to throw at us? Yeah, I've been workshopping this for a little bit. If you remember in, and, and I don't know if I necessarily believe this, but I want to bring it to the floor. If you remember in 2020, there was a man that the commander signed a safety. His name was Sean Davis. He signed him a $3 million. I knew you were going to throw out it. <laughs> <laughs> and this offseason, Cody Barton has been working solely with the twos. Is or not solely, he's been with the ones a little bit, but he's mostly been with the twos. Is he the next Sean Davis where he doesn't make this team and mm. they really believe in Kalee Hudson? The floor. Would it's it kind of half assed, but it's mm. it's it it's interesting to see. Like, even with Jamin Davis not out there because he's been recovering from that injury, Barton hasn't gotten a lot of work. And I don't know if it's just because the way I think I remember a few years ago, like um, Zach Brown, when he first signed here, he was working with the twos, and then in training camp, he started working with the ones primarily, and he was a starter, and it was fine. But I'm wondering if that's just the gradual process, or is there actually something here that Kalee Hudson is had a Cody Barton and David Mayo, too. Um, I would cut this, David yeah. Mayo before cutting Cody Barton. Right, but I mean, David Mayo's been working ahead of Cody Barton. That's the... What is David Mayo's 40 time? Like 8 4? Uh, I mean, it's, I would take Cody Barton. Oh, wait, how old is David Mayo actually? That could be the, the uh, he's going to be 30 next year. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest, this is not, I mean, it's a good thought because I just had not remotely crossed my mind 
on any on any front. Uh, not saying Cody Barton is, uh, you know, the next great thing. I guess I just hadn't really considered that he was in any way, shape, or form being. If there was anything to question whether he was a, a, a mistake off the bat. So I maybe I'm missing something. I guess. Uh, but no, I didn't cross my mind. So I guess I would say no. I don't see it. But right. um, well, the- you're right. Sometimes these things these things happen, like the one you just mentioned. I mean, I think the reasons for keeping him besides that he signed him, I mean, they like his size. They like his instincts. They they believe he really came on strong last year in Seattle and is poised to build off that. Um, I just thought it was – I noticed it one of the last days we were out there that he had been kind of working mostly with the backups, and I thought that was interesting. But, again, it's spring and really too much to do with that little bit. Um, you wanted me to come up with a hot take? No, no, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good thought. I mean, like I haven't thought enough about like who could be a surprise cut. I mean, like you know, I, I'm I don't count Tyler Larson as a surprise that they only keep two centers or that type of thing. So this would definitely qualify. Uh, I, I guess I would be if I say I'm it would be floored. That would infer that I think Cody Barton is uh, all that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just hadn't crossed my mind. But uh, Nikki, did you have a uh, an official take on this? I'm not sure you guys are ready for this one. Oh. Well, I, I maybe I'm overselling it because I feel like it's it's inevitable every single year for the rest of our life. Troy Apke will make the 53. <laughs> uh, wow. That is that's scorching. I'm not saying he should make the 53. I'm saying he will make the 53. That's uh, my that's my well, walk us the practice squad. I would believe you, but the fifty-three. I mean, can you walk us through? So many, yeah, yeah. Can walk us through the math. Here's the math. He's still here. It's good. It's good. <laughs> That's it. Strong argument so far. Year after year, still here. There you go. They cut him though last year, and he was away for a few weeks. And he's still here. He's back. He keeps coming back. Why does he keep coming back? The night of the living Triaki. So the night of the living yeah. dead. Initial 53. I'm not saying you'll stay on the 53. That's just my oh, guess. So for that to happen, I think you have to you have to have like one or two injuries to the safety. The safeties. I'm not guessing injuries. I would never wish. I would never but that's the only but, way he would make it. Right, but to right, to, to your point, they've got five safeties, right? Curl, Martin, Forrest. Butler. Butler Reeves. Like if you say they're all on the team, the only other way again. He's their special teams ace. Well, that that's what I was gonna say. An all it... pro safety who was made. Yeah, hundred percent. All pro special all right. teams. I... It wasn't him. Listen, I. There you go. Uh, it's it's. You put it here first. You know, did the Packers? Thank you for subscribing to the Washington Post. Got another take. Got another take based on that. Did the Packers season tank last year because they didn't pick up Troy Apke to fix their horrendous special teams? Yes. Had Obviously. Apke, maybe their special teams would have been better, which in turn would have made them play better, which in turn would have let them keep Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers would still be in Green Bay. Yeah, wow. Are- My column. Yeah. Wow. I, I look forward to reading uh, that Coming one. in the Washington Times. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting that nobody picked him up because like it, you, you get it for, for just for that reason. I mean, was it really interesting that nobody picked him up? Well, no. If, <laughs> if you're touting him forever as this great special, I'm team not player, saying. Listen, I'm not. I'm not saying he will be here forever based on merit necessarily, but he keeps coming back. He's resilient, is what I would say. Uh, he he. I think a practice squad spot is probably more realistic, but. I will say if they, I mean, I don't think he can play corner on any level, but like after the top four, I mean, it is, and I'm including Danny Johnson in the top four, Matt. I, I, you know, you know, if you told me they thought he could play, I maybe Nate Katzer would have to be really loud in that room, I would think. But hey, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good take. Uh, We will. uh, John Kime disagrees with me wholeheartedly, and I understand his reasoning. Like there, it's. Returner is a hard job, and you can't just throw anybody back there. But Troy Apke, if anything, is very, very fast. He can run, 
in a straight line. I was his arm. Maybe he can solve his team's quarterback issues as well, you know? The more you can do. Uh, uh, the more you can do. All right, last question for this uh, great this panel really here. This is really turning into like a June 30th <laughs> podcast. Yeah, 100%. That's what we're doing. All right, last last question. Sam Howell as QB1, obviously this is a, a, a top constant conversation, all these things. And it's both this weird notion of he's going to be the guy versus there's this competition that Rivera keeps d- discussing. I still maintain that, you know, Sam Howell can lose the job. Jacoby Brissett can't win the job. But I do think there's a world where, where, where you know, I think we still need more def- definition of what this is and whether Howell 100% will get the job, not just we're assuming it. What's the point this summer, training camp, preseason, 10 seconds before week one, at what point do you think we will definitively know that Sam Howell is the starter? Or you could say, we already definitively know it now. There's nothing to discuss. If he hasn't completely imploded by the second week of training camp, it's done. I mean, he has to seriously implode to lose this, in my opinion, because there's always, they could always just kind of spin the narrative of he's young, he's growing. We did see some improvement, but if it's blatantly obvious, too obvious that Jacoby is a better option, then I think they would have to turn to Jacoby, but otherwise it's, it's Sam's team. Matt. Yeah, I would, I would say that. I mean, I think, the second preseason game is going to be the obvious watch. That's going to be the dress rehearsal. I'll probably take it shortly after then would be the game that they, you know, announce him as starter. I, I, yeah. I, I, they end the Ravens, uh, on, you know, preseason winning streak. Oh, That's yeah. If he ends the Ravens, that we can, yeah. If he ends that streak, it's got to be a lock. I mean, multi year extension at that point. Um, but I actually do point to that Raven, the, the Ravens joint practices for me. I mean, he could be lights out all the way up to that point. And like you said, two weeks in, it could be a done deal. But that Raven spot, I mean, there's a reason why we're all interested in the joint practice. He's going up against a different team. It isn't just the, their internal stuff. So I, to me, like that would be the moment, morally the moment he could lose it, I guess. Because if he's spraying the ball all over the place, he did throw a bunch of interceptions in what we've seen, but they're just experimenting trying things there's no there's no run game all that stuff if that though continues especially into the ravens then i start to get worried but if he also does fine then it's then it's definitely over so that's where i would pick that ravens joint practice and if you want to include the preseason game so be it all right many thanks to matt paris and nikki javala for their time thanks to everyone for checking out the podcast more to come this week here on the standing room only podcast uh, but that's it for now uh until next time See ya.